uh, we're on this uh, journey together right now, start, uh, just learning how to live with honor. And that's just kind of come with a, an expectation a little bit more in our life of what honor looks like. And uh, really, when you look at the word living, it means exceptional. We want to live exceptionally different, or not, I don't want to say different, but uh, distinct in, in the, the life that we live as a Christian. And when I say live exceptional, I'm not saying live through per, or to perfection. None of you can do that. None of us can do that. We're, we're, that's not what we're talking about. No, we're admitting that we live in mercy, and we thank God for the grace of God, gives us access to all the power in heaven and earth, and, but we do live serving God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, right? God the Father's in heaven, God the Father created all the wisdom and, that you have today, everything around you, Jesus gives us access to all of that, come on, and not only that, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live it, and so we can live with honor. We can live with value and esteem, and that's what we're doing. We're asking that question to ourselves. What matters in God's plan and purpose for my life? What's priority to him in this year, 2019? And especially with this subject here, when it comes to honor, I just believe it's just one of those principles that if, you, if we look into it a little bit deeper as a group and we start to apply it a little bit, that it will guarantee success. I'm just telling you, it's a secret to success. I don't, I don't really try to like to use that word a whole lot in church because everybody's looking for an edge. But, but this secret to success is honor. And uh, you can't live according to the word without honor. And we found that out last week because honor is really one of those things that uh, uh, it doesn't come unless there's the humility precedes it. You've got to submit your will to something else and and i'm not talking about to a human being i'm talking about to god and a lot of times we're humble to people and we're loving people more than we are god and you know, christians have a tendency to do that don't you know it we have a tendency to do one or two we get so far over on christianity and living this life that we become no good to nobody and our nose is up in the air and, and our stuff don't stink and then that that takes you too far away and then you have no relation to people you can't relate to people in the world you live in and then what happens is we want to make room so equal and so opening to everybody. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, everybody's welcome in the kingdom of God. That's why he sent Jesus. But they were going to hell. He had to save them. But we make it so open that we're loving people more than we are God. We're loving the creation more than we are the creator. And so this is what honor is, learning how to honor what's most important, learning how to honor the things of God. And I know you just sat down, and, and, and I, before you get too comfortable, I want to invite you to stand. Let's give honor to our scripture. Let's give honor to the scripture that's really kind of opened this up to us um, so that we can just go forward a little bit further. <coughs> Excuse me. Here we go. Why don't you read it with me? Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much. We love you. We honor you in this house. Uh, we just esteem whatever you want to say to us today. And we know that you, as we ask for that in the name of Jesus, we have access to it. But we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We honor you in this house to teach us and to show us things to come and to be our teacher and our guide as we just endeavor to discover what matters in God's plan for my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to go ahead and pick right up. Um, <clears throat> let me just let you know of a couple things as you go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We'll start there uh, this morning. I I I'm sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, you can look at it while you're there. It's fine. No big deal. But I wanted to really just kind of let you know what's coming up here at Coastal Family Church this week. We will be in Wanchi's on Wednesday night at uh, Wanchi's Assembly. They're having a revival this week, and we've got the privilege to go there on Wednesday night. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock. Our whole praise team, everything about us is going to be able to be there and just worship with them and uh, be a part of their services. What an honor to be able to do that. So just want to invite you out to be able to do that. A couple other things I wanted to just kind of bring to your attention, just get you thinking in this mindset. First of all, thank you. Thank you for praying for us as we've been endeavoring the, the purchase of our building. We're really getting on the, to the place where that's going to start to happen pretty quickly. And we'll be bringing stuff to you, showing you all of that here in the near future. And then also coming up, the, you, I know you've been praying with us about, we're just trying to look at how can we make things more convenient for you? How can we make better uh, services for you in a sense of coming in and coming out? Because we know these services are packed. And that means you're packed out there in the parking lot. And uh, so we are endeavoring that the second week after Easter, we'll be going to three services. And um, that way we can kind of make some room for you. That'll be here on Sunday morning. And so uh, thank you for getting in agreement with us. We're just honored that all of you are coming. And, uh, but when you keep coming, we've got to make room because there's no room to sit down. And uh, you guys here in these cushy chairs are okay with that. But those people that sit in those uh, metal chairs, it gets a little bit old after a while. But uh, let's start right here in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. I want to look at that scripture real quickly again. This is the one that we opened up as a text. <clears throat> There's a phrase in here that uh, I just want to revisit real quick from last week. It says, The Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Look at this phrase, far be it from me. I dug into it a little bit more. I found out that simply what is being said here to start with, he says, what I'm getting ready to say. Look at somebody getting ready to talk to you. He says, what I'm getting ready to say, and that lets us know, okay, this is getting ready to be important, but you've got to look farther into it also because this phrase goes further into expressing to us what he's getting ready to say is not just important, it will change your life. And here's what he says, that what I'm getting ready to say can open the flow of blessing to your life or it can shut the flow of blessing to your life. It'll stop it. Here's another one. He says, it will bring grief to you. If I choose not to allow this principle to be in my life, he says, what I'm getting ready to say to you is that this can bring grief into your life. And it goes even further. He says, this can place a wedge between you and me. Now, that's really big. Say this with me. It's about time. I open up my heart to hear some things today that just might change my life. What I'm about to say to you, listen to me, guys, as we go further into learning some things about honor, I want to make sure that there's not a wedge placed in between me and God. And he says, look, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. And here's what the word honor means again. It means to willfully esteem at the highest level, to have deep respect for, or to add weight to. What's he saying? What I put value in, the more weight that it has in my life. And we found out living with honor brings in the commanded blessing. And we found out that true honor comes out of humility. And we said that submitting to the will of God is where that starts because he's the source of honor. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12. David said, both riches and honor come from God. And God said again, those who honor me, what this means, that there'll be blessing, there'll be increase, and there'll be breakthrough in our life. Now, here's the question we've got to ask. 
Right, that's all good, Pastor. I get that. And you can inspire me and challenge me and get me going forward in this. But what does it look like? How do I live out this principle in a bow-down world? How do I honor God in a bow-down world, in a world that seems to be compromising all the way around me? Well, I want to start answering. If you've got your Bibles with you or if you've got your phone with you, whatever you're using today, go with me to Daniel. I'm going to look into the life of Daniel, and I'm going to look into three other uh, Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, and I believe that we can look into their life and find out this principle of honor. I, I found out that the whole book of Daniel was packed full of this principle honor. When you look at chapter 1, you find out that what begins to happen here is Daniel and these three Hebrew children, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody ever heard that story before? Sure, it's familiar to many of us. They were called into this pagan world, this pagan um, lifestyle of living. They were Hebrew children, totally opposite from how they lived, the Babylonian culture. When it looks at the Babylonian culture, that would be modern-day Iraq for you and I. And they're coming in, and Daniel has been given a place of authority in this place of position where he's living. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same thing. And we find out that they never bowed to the culture that was in this time and place that they were living, and they had influence throughout this whole culture. Why? What made that different about them? I believe it's because they had to stand for something. They had to stand for honor. They made a choice to do so. And what I, this for you and I might be something as simple as this. If, if you've ever been in a restaurant before and you questioned yourself praying over a meal. <laughs> I know that I have. I know yesterday I was at this uh, uh, training event that we had down south for the fire department. And it was about mid part of the day and lunch came. And we picked up our sandwiches and I'm starting to chew on my sandwich and starting to just enjoy lunch. And all of a sudden I went, oh my gosh, I didn't pray for my meal. Now, we start these events with prayer, but lunch is not something that you're necessarily going to be praying over. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I've not prayed. And I'll be honest with you, I had a few seconds there that I was trying to question whether I should do this or not. Nobody else was. And, of course, I did, and I kind of went, hum it, hum it, hum it, and prayed over my meal real quick. But, but sometimes I'm wondering if we're questioning the honor in something as simple as that. When we've got something like this and people that are having to choose whether they're going to honor or not, and it's life and death for them. All around the world that that's happening for you and I may be simple here, but in other places, the choice of honoring and honoring God himself might just put their life at stake. And that's kind of what you see happen here with these Hebrew children. They were put in a position that now as they begin to get a leadership position in a culture that they're not familiar with, in a sense of it's how they live, and they're going to be expected to live and obey by those cultures, you're going to be introduced to King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, and we're just going to call him Neb for right now. And they're introduced to him, and he's just a horrific leader, a horrific king in this time period. He's very prideful, he's very arrogant, he's killing people, he's destroying people, and he's got a goal in mind when he calls these Hebrew children, and he calls Daniel, and he puts them in his kingdom. Much like the world today, his goal is to try, destroy the, their culture by introducing his culture, to brainwash them into the pagan culture. Go with me to uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 48 and 49. It says, Then king, the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him over charge of wise men. Look at somebody say, you ain't as wise as you think you are. <laughs> he said, moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Go with me to Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I want to point something out to you guys. What you see and what you hear can be a direct influence on the culture that you live in. What you see and what you hear can be a direct reflection of, of what you honor in your life. And people are always watching you and watching us in the example that we're going to live. Look at this chapter starting in verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. King Neb made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Notice the word image. You're going to see this word image show up at least six times in this whole chapter. He then summoned the satraps, the prefects. Now, I've looked those two words up. I know that's exactly how they're translated. Satraps and prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image. Say image. He is set up. So the satraps, the prefects, the governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image. Say image. Then King Neb, King Neb had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. Culture will draw you and pull you into a position, my friend, where you'll think you'll have to do this. And if we're not careful about watching the things that we are looking at, the things that we're looking at, and the things that we're hearing, it can really directly affect how you live throughout your day. Let me ask you this question, or you ask yourself that question, and I'm not going to meddle in people's lives. I'm not here to do that. I don't want to meddle so far into someone's life that I make you feel convicted or, or condemned for how you're living. It's not my point. But I do want us to question what is mattering in our lives. What am I hearing in my daily life? What am I watching in my daily life? Because they have direct influence. And you know, King Neb knew the impact of this. That's why he built this gold statue. That's why you see this word image constantly. You're going to see the word sound show up here. And do you know that the image of uh, sound and the image of sight, do you know that sound was a directly uh, a responsibility of the devil himself? Before he was kicked out of the kingdom of heaven, that was his responsibility. So I'm asking you to ask something. What's on my radio out there in that car right now? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody around you. But what's on it? Is it country music? Is it rock music? Is it gospel music? <laughs> Is it praise music? Is it rock music? There's something usually on our radio. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe you're listening to teaching. Maybe you're listening to me teach. Glory to God. Thank you. I don't know what's going on on your radio. But it's what you're hearing every single day. I say this often. I tell people that what you hear is what you're training your ear to hear. And you ever heard someone say, I don't like Christian music? Well, it's probably because your ear's not trained to hear it. When you're trained to hear uh, country music, I love country music. I'm a country fan. When it starts to go backwards too far, I kind of turn it off because I, I, it's kind of hard to get back. But I want to challenge you, if this is that important, and here we've seen King Neb influencing a whole culture, a pagan culture, and he tries to influence these four individuals by what they're seeing. And if you look at the next verse, listen to what it says. And as soon as you hear the sound, what you hear of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, which are stringed instruments, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that the king, 
Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing fire. Therefore, as soon as you heard the sound, what you hear of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language, the majority fell down and worshipped the image of gold and King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, that he had set up. I want to challenge you guys, what you, again, what you see and what you hear, how influential that is, think about what you see. Think about the movies that we watch. Think about the television that we watch daily. Think about the news that's out there daily. If we're not careful and you allow it to be the thing that's dominating of your day, which is the key is what I'm trying to present to you, what is dominating your day when you see and when you hear? Is it in the music world? Let's say the television world. And if you're focused on the news, this is not about party. This is not about what news station is most important. This is about what you're putting into your ears. It will influence you by the end of the day. It can bring fear into your life. It can get you thinking the world's coming to an end. The world is coming to an end. But not for the believer. The world's just beginning for you and I. And when I think about how principled this is in the kingdom of God with honor, are we willing to ask ourselves about this question of honor? Is these things that I'm seeing and hearing, are they important to me? Are they important to God? I would beg to say they do. When you look at Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, what you find out, and I'm going to read this to you, it says, therefore, at the time of certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You who are, O king, I'm trying to read this, it's hard to read without glasses. O king, have made and decreed that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony with all the kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Listen to me. What happened in the beginning when Daniel Daniel came to the king and he had this dream. And his spiritual advisors were unable to interpret his dream. And because of that, Daniel, who was in the kingdom now, Daniel was called forward because he had this relationship with God. And he says, I can do it. I can interpret it. So he comes and he's asked to interpret it. Well, he does. Well, now he's promoted and he gets favor with the king and the king gives him this place in the king and now all of a sudden he's expected to honor all the king's wishes and abide by the expectations of the pagan law. And when he gets chosen, he also calls alongside him Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and now they're both in position where they're expected to abide by the laws of this land or the pagan culture. And what's interesting is that they trumped, or Daniel trumped, actually, the wise advisors of Nebuchadnezzar. So here, all of a sudden, you have these wise advisors. They're not liking Daniel now. <laughs> they're not liking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego either, because now they had position, and all of a sudden, they're underneath of Jewish boys who were only 16 to 18 years old. Now these boys have authority over their lives. I don't think they were too happy. Because they had position in a voice with the king, and that was taken away. What I'm telling you is that when you choose to honor, there's a good chance that jealousy could come alongside. Because when you choose to honor, you're going to be promoted. And what happened here throughout this interpretation, they were looking for an opportunity to take these guys down. 
And the moment they saw, because they knew what they would do, they knew they were Hebrew in their actions, Hebrew in their lifestyle. They knew they were just watching for them to not follow through with the laws of the pagan culture. And as soon as they did, they were waiting to take them down. The world's always waiting to take you down. (laughs) And so they went right to the king, King Neb, old Neb. And they basically said, hey, these guys you put over here, they're not doing what you said. They were manipulated in their action. And all of a sudden, King Neb, he got furious. He forgot all about that he put them in there. Matter of fact, he was embarrassed. And because he was embarrassed, he comes against them as the children, uh, Hebrew children now. And he's going to take them and begin to take them down. Let's go back into our story. Daniel chapter 3, 13 through 15. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you. Is it true, boys? that you do not serve my God or worship the image of gold I've set up. If you do not, then immediately you will be thrown into the fiery furnace. He goes on and he says, What God will be able to rescue from my hand? Guys, listen to me. These boys, 14 to 18 years old, They are forced with an opportunity or faced with an opportunity to choose to honor their God and what he values or life or death. When you go into this story, I want you to understand something, guys. It's important that we're honoring the right thing. Let's go on down into our story a little bit more. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, and he says, Oh, Neb, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I want you to see something, guys. I'm going to give you four principles right now. Four principles that when we take a stand for honor in this culture that you and I are living by, that it will require something from us. Number one, it will require standing firm takes courage. These guys came were faced with this opportunity against King Nebuchadnezzar. He tells him that you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace. You're going to be killed. We're going to take your life right now. And they were faced off with that. I want you to see something, guys, that courage is not not having fear. I guarantee you they were scared spitless. But but courage is saying that I'm not going to bow down to this fear that's trying to overtake my life. And when I look at these boys that are young as they are, and they're choosing not to bow down, that tells me something, that there was a principle that they had in the realm of honor, and that was they faced life with courage. Number two, standing firm takes faith. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. He will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I don't know about you, but that tells me something again about these boys that honor. They honored more than who they stand stood for than who they were coming up against. And we got to ask ourselves that question. We've got to ask ourselves in the environment that you and I live in, do I stand for God more than what culture's doing in this life? Am I going to be willing to ask myself some of those tougher questions as I move forward in life and I'm faced? And I want you to see something, guys. It will take courage to stand up for the things of God. It will take courage to honor God, to esteem his values above all other values in this world. Not only will it take courage, it will take faith. And I love what they said as their resolve, that even if he does not show up, of course we know he will, 
But even if he does not show up, you don't have to be concerned about us. We will not bow down to this culture. It's not our dominating culture. Yesterday, I, I had to do some training, like I told you, with the fire department. And um, I had planned for this day way ahead in advance. And, and I was called to go down there as a chaplain in the fire department, but also had to do some training as an officer down there. And we were basically doing some burn training going into some buildings. And one of the evolutions that we had, I saw this very principal work in my life uh, as going into a building that was burning and it was all smoked up. And it's called the evolution of ladder training. We were called to go to this building to put this fire out, and all of a sudden we got this call that there was a, a, a lady and, a, and her baby were up in this room and they were trapped. You got other people going in and putting fire out, but I was called to do ladder, so me and two other boys, we went towards this building, and we're supposed to throw ladders up, go bust this window out, and go get into this room where you can't see anything. As an officer in training throughout the rest of the day, this is when all officer responsibility goes out the door. This is all about whoever gets fixed, dressed up first. You get up there and you get into the room. So I got my mask on. I got on first. I'm going up the ladder. I bust the window out. I fall into the room. I'm diving in there. I get in. You can't see nothing but this far of your feet. No smoke. There's smoke. You got flames burning over in this room. Real flames, not something that's cheap. We got real flames burning. You got flames coming through the door. And, and now it's a controlled environment. They're able to protect you, I guess. And there's an instructor in this room with you. So, but it's real live. I mean, you're, you're, you're really faced with an opportunity where you've got to do something. You're saving. And there's, there's two, uh, what I call, dummies in there that you've got to go find. And so I fall into this room, and, I, and I have, you have seconds to make decisions, guys. You're supposed to be able to do this in 20 seconds at the most. 30 seconds, you're pushing it. Seconds. And so I get up there, and I'll, can I be right transparent with you? I was scared. Number one, I'm 52, and I got up to the top of the ladder, and I fall in, I'm out of breath, and I can barely breathe, and you've got this mask on, and you can't see. You're discombobulated, and it's only a 12 by 15 room. It's not very big at all. And there's certain things that you're required to do when you go in in the location of this room. It's in the back corner of a building, and if you think about the back corner of a building, most doors are going to be on the left-hand side. And so I knew that I was supposed to go to the left and go shut this door so I could stop the flames and stop the fire, but all of a sudden I kind of forgot all of that, and I'm sitting there, and, I, and I, just what I'm saying to you, it takes courage, guys, to stand for God and to go to God first. It takes faith to go to God first, and it's just an experience that I had. And I said, Holy Ghost, what do I do? It was so real to me, I believe I almost said it out loud, and I probably tripped out the guy that was in front of me, the instructor, when I said it. And all of a sudden, within two seconds, I heard, go right. It went against everything that I knew to do in the place where I was. I'm trained to go left, but the Holy Spirit said to go right. Courage and faith and trusting that that voice will be there when you choose to honor God. And you put him first. He said, go right. And guess what? Just three, three steps. Three steps over, there was the first body. Victim, dummy, wasn't real, thank God. And I was able to grab that, hand it to the guy at the window. And the guy's cussing me out, and he's saying, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? He says, are you the second guy in? And I said, no, I'm the first guy in. And he said, oh, okay. Oh, he goes, pastor. He looked at me and said, oh, pastor, that changed everything. <laughs> I said, I get it now. You just cussed me out, and now I'm pastor, and now it's different. I get it. It's seconds. 
My whole point, guys, when you choose to honor God, you've got a helper of the Holy Spirit that will guide and lead you through these choices and these decisions. And you can trust him just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they start to take this a little bit further. And he says, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. I'm going to, I'm going to, the world's going to come at you guys. The world's going to come into place and make you ask this question constantly. Is this right or is this wrong? And we've got to be careful in the society that we're living in because some of the things that we're pursuing of right and wrong are not necessarily God values. They're just human values and we're placing values in the wrong place. And instead of going to the things that are most important, are we standing for something instead of standing against something? It's more important to know who you stand for than who you're standing against. Daniel chapter 3, verses 19 through 27. The Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. God's life's going to make you feel tied up sometimes. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Now, if you know the story, listen to what begins to happen next. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in that fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God, Jesus. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High. He's changed his tune now. Come out, come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Guys, what happens when we honor God, number three? What happens when we stand for God? Standing firm inspires others around you. Not only does it take courage, not only does it take faith, it can take an instructor in the middle of a smoky room and make him stop cussing because you're a pastor. I'm not saying you're a pastor. I'm saying that people know what you live for. They don't make it about being a pastor. It's so much more than that. It's about being a believer. And if I realize that here's this, uh, this king that was just destroying to people. He had a motive of changing the culture to all pagan. This king did not care for life. It was very little on his spectrum of importance. Life was not something that he respected a whole lot of unless it bettered him in life. And here he is. He just threw these three men into the fire. A fourth man showed up. Everybody look at somebody. Jesus will always show up. This fourth man showed up in the fire. And then all of a sudden, something totally changed. Listen to this. The Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. Now listen, he wasn't totally sanctified yet. Okay? Sometimes we expect the world to be too much like us, and we've not given them a chance to learn how to be like us. What happens when we honor God? What happens when we stand for God? Number four. Standing for God will always bring promotion. Daniel 3.30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now what does this look like for you and I? I put in your notes in your app. I put in ways that you can honor God. I didn't want to come up here and dig into your meddling into your life. And make you and just present all of these things that, hey, you shouldn't do, you should do. I want you to go home and study it. I gave you scriptures to look at. What's your time honored? Are you honoring God in your time? Are you a steward of it? Times are short. What are you doing with it? Does he have any part in it? Does he have a part of your day in it? How about your talents? Your gifts and your abilities and what God's called you to do? Are you sitting on them or doing something with them? <laughs> How about your body? Are you thinking about holiness? I say, I don't want to meddle in holiness with you. I think we're too smart for that. I think most of us know what that really means. Don't get religious with it, but be willing to get around people that may help me. And that may lift me up and bring me up. What, what am I doing there? How about my finances? You ever wonder why things might not be changing for the better for you financially? Well, we'll find out where God is in that. What are his expectations? What does he, how does he want me to honor? Well, two ways, tithe and give of offerings. But if I come here and, you know, we'll teach on it here as we get through the year. But if I sit here and just, just belligerently pound you us about that, I believe that we are smart enough to go in and say, okay, am I honoring God in these areas? Because promotion will come when we honor God in anything. How about heart? Where's my heart? I See, that's the thing that I, I believe in all of us. Every time I stand in this pulpit, it's not something that I question. I know we got good hearts sitting out here. I'm not going to come religiously make you feel like a worm on the ground because I believe that a lot of us are like David. We have a heart after God. We just are making some mistakes along the way. But are we willing to ask these questions? And once we find out an answer, are we willing to make that adjustment? Because not because someone told me to, not because it's just what we have to do. It's something that God's placed in my heart. I want to go back to Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. The reason I'm coming back to Daniel, because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I look at them as they came alongside Daniel as apprenticed. They were, he pulled them alongside when he was given position. He says, look, I want to give you favor. I want to pull these guys over with me. There's got to be something about Daniel that they learned that saved their life. Look at this scripture in 3 through 5. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Everybody say whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct or government affairs, but they were unable to do so. 
They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. What's interesting to note was these were not inherent characteristics of Daniel. These were choices that he made. And because of the choices he made, what happened? He taught three young boys how to have courage. He taught three young boys how to have faith. He taught three young boys that their life would be an inspiration to other people. They were faced with life and death at 16 and 18 years old. It, is some, it amazes me how difficult this is for an adult at times. Because we can be so set in our ways. and Don't tell me to do anything. And I'm challenging you. I challenge you with everything within me. Humility will always precede honor. It will always mean we submit our life and our will to something bigger and greater than ourselves in a sense of that it is God. And he says that if I'm willing to do that, it opens the window of blessing to come into my life, of honor to come my way. It'll open that window of promotion in your life. I challenge you. Where's Bryce? I challenge you. Ask yourself the question today. What's on my radio? What's on my TV? Am I respecting those around me? Am I an example of those around me? What does honor look like? Is there a value? Is there an esteem? I bet there is. I know there is. I know there's not a person in here that value of God is not something that you're compromising on. But it might be some adjustments. Coaches, teachers, you're influencing another generation. And there's a few generations in front of us right now that they've, they're struggling a little bit. They're struggling because of the culture change of what's accepted and what's not accepted. Are we willing, as adults of today, willing to see the importance of that? Are we willing to come into this place and really establish this principle of living with honor exceptionally like Daniel? Are we willing to come to that place that we're willing to distinguish ourselves in such a way that I'm causing people to question their courage, to live their life by faith, to realize that they are an inspiration to other people. And not only are they an inspiration to other people, they just might be promoted if they choose to live with honor. Thank you, guys.